Hey there, we're pulling this episode from our story archives where we've covered part one and part two of Lupin in preparation for part three of Lupin releasing October 5th. We hope you enjoy this episode and our upcoming deep dive coverage on Lupin part three. All right, welcome back. We are here with episode nine, aka part two, episode four of Lupin, and uh, I'm here with Zachary. Hello, everybody. And I'm Did that here. Throw you with... off? I was hoping you would. It I was, was very you bizarre. It with your last name there, I got thrown off because OBS gave me that notification right now and threw me yeah, off. Blame, blame. I'm OBS. Mario, your other host. And you're a Lupin resident expert here. Quite frankly, I'm not. I do think, Zach, I'm looking at the video feed here. We don't, you know, quite have video set up yet for our podcast. But I'm thinking after this episode, I know I need to add this vinyl to my uh, collection. But I think at your little (laughs) top there, you need to add the four tops greatest hits. Just as a little Easter egg for any Story Archives fan here. I was actually uh, looking that up because I want to buy that record. If you do get two, I'll cash up you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Unless it's like 50 bucks. That, I and I also want that. the Lord of the Rings Hobbit. Uh, there's like a musical thing. It's unrelated, whatever. We'll move on here. All right. I think this was the best episode of the season so far. So far, yes. Out of pure entertainment's sake. Um, just pure, pure, pure entertainment. In fact, we're on a time crunch here because... Story Archives is not a fully functioning full-time operation yet, and so we both have jobs. Uh, Zach actually has uh, some place to be in about 35 minutes. Yeah. And uh, me, no, I'm downshifting. I actually go on vacation tomorrow, so uh, we're <laughs> we're chilling here. We're also trying to wrap up the end of Lupin Part 2 before we head into a surprise Story Archive series in two weeks. Well, we're going to probably start in two weeks Which that we we'll announce. Uh, we haven't disclosed it yet. We're not going to disclose it in this episode. We're not going to disclose it at all, except for probably like a little announcement episode or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, we're really excited for what's coming next. And it's purely just pure passion stuff here, whatever we are doing stuff that we just love to talk about and, and watch. Absolutely. And, yeah. Get your whiskey ready is all I'm going to say. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right and i'm one episode away from a bottle of whiskey Woo! <laughs> Woo! all right okay uh full disclosure i've seen this episode before so this is my second time watching it uh zach has never had never seen it so this is his first time and he's yet to watch the season finale so i don't even know how he has the, the patience of an elephant to wait uh this long to watch this finale you haven't watched the finale right <laughs> no oh my god are you even a fan Anyways, <laughs> I'm saving it for the episode, man. All right, let's get this shit started. We open up with the most sweaty, stressed looking human being I've ever seen. His 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 literal face is plastered. Do they use the same B-roll shot of France every single time they open the episode? That drone aerial shot? Probably. Anyways, I don't, I don't this know. guy looks like the most stressed human being I've ever seen. Either he had a really bad stomachache, like the one that you get like when your brow is sweating type of situation. 
but he's just the most stressed looking guy. I can see his whole life here. I almost have to pause. It looks like he's having marital issues. Uh, his, his work is consuming him. What he first thought was going to be just like a, a normal kind of like under the table gig is, has quickly destroyed his life and unraveled it in, in many ways. Um, anyways, a man runs into him and steals his suitcase and of course, gentleman Hassan is nearby. So you know all of this is, is pre-coordinated. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I mentioned this in the last episode. At this point, if there's any scene of chaos or confusion, just assume Hassan is it's nearby. Hassan. Mm-hmm. Car accident, Hassan. Anything, Hassan. Stolen briefcase, Hassan. I don't want to say anything else that could be worse than those two things, but <laughs> we'll keep moving on. Someone robbed this man's briefcase, and we don't know what the reason is, but you know. We can assume that there is some reason having to do with Pellegrini here uh, that has not been disclosed. Mm-hmm. A couple moments pass. Asan returns and Asan, in his typical arrogant fashion has to let the guy know that he knows his name. In yeah. which case the guy is like, wait a minute, I didn't say my name. Uh, but was, he's so stressed that he doesn't say anything. I was wondering why. I mean, don't you think you would think into that a little bit more? I mean, somebody just steals this briefcase that has your... Probably your illegal have, criminal activity. Uh, have you seen this man's inside. face? Have you, have you seen this man's face? There's a moment here, like 43 seconds Life into the episode, where, <laughs> nah, where he's on the floor and he doesn't even try to stand up. And he's just doing this whole scene laying down on the floor. <laughs> he watches them run away and then he looks up as if he wants to get up and he puts his head back down on his arm. It is the most sad thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's just like... <laughs> It's like that floor has brought him more solace than anybody else in his life. But uh, I feel bad for this man. He's the most memorable character in this entire episode. He, he's going to have a breakout career after this. I don't know anything about his life or his acting career, but he killed. He killed the first minute of this of this episode. Anyways, Asan returns the briefcase. I'm sure we'll find out more about that, but we don't in this episode. Sorry. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we move on to the next scene in which we have a very arrogant Pellegrini fist over his cane and, uh, he's being interrogated by Lagier and, um, the female detective. I keep forgetting her name. Do you remember her uh, name? I'm going to have to look up the cast again. And follow her on Instagram. Follow her on Instagram. She's very attractive, but, um, I don't know her name in this show. Lieutenant. Uh, I didn't know Lagier's name either. Until because it's in subtitles. That's the only reason I know. Sophia. Sophia. All right. I like that name. All right. Anyways, I got to say Pellegrini's being interrogated here about what he knows about the necklace and what he knows about the hitman. And they have very uh, fickle evidence here. They're kind of like stretching what they do have, Mm -hmm. which makes me wonder under any ordinary situation, the man of the level of wealth that Pellegrini has. There's no way he wouldn't have a lawyer next to him. I don't know how things work in France. I can tell you in the United States, Jeff Bezos isn't walking in there alone. You know, he at least isn't going to open his mouth and basically say, I have your boss in my pocket. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. He literally admits to that almost openly. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know who I know? The Minister of Interior of the Interior. And another thing, they say, hey, phones are not allowed in here, but they allow him to continue to carry his phone in his pocket. Yeah. He's just still typing a word or what did he do? Called somebody. Yeah. 
I'd say the two most important things of this interrogation session session that take place are that um, Pellegrini spills the beans on Hassan's real name. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this shady connection that the detectives are on to regarding his his selling of the necklace and um, his connection to Leonard, the hitman, the conspicuous hitman. I will say, though, that I think the reason Pellegrini went in there and felt okay enough to be open and start talking was because he, I think he knew he was going to leak Hassan's name. He was going to give it to them. You think gets so? Them off of, yeah, of course. It gets them off of his trail and, it, you know, gives them what they've been looking for this entire time. Man, we need to have a segment in the mind of a criminal mastermind and go just straight to Zach's opinion on what's going on in the criminal's head. <laughs> All right. We're on now to the next scene after the interrogation takes place. And what you have a very, it's actually a quick meeting between Juliet and uh, Asan here um, at the park. I don't know why Juliet put, puts up with this, to be honest. I don't think she's ever had a, like a solid, stable relationship in her life. And it probably has stems from her, from her daddy issues. If we I can, would, if we can be assume. frank here. Yeah. Yeah. Because why is she accepting this? Asan just literally comes to the park for two minutes and leaves. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not the way you treat it's not the way you treat a woman. It's not how you treat somebody in a relationship. <laughs> what do you think, Zach? No, not at all. I mean, that was just like, uh, it would have been better if they just ran into each other on the street or something. Oh, I got to hey, say from the, the perspective way. of Hassan, it, it works perfectly. You know, I get mm-hmm. to spend very minimal time here, minute and a half tops, convince her to throw the concert. I got to say, I picked up on something here. When she says she wants to cancel the concert, Hassan like emphatically says no, which yeah. immediately I'm like, okay, so he has a plan. The, the the con the whole season's ending at this concert. That's just what has to happen at this point. Mm-hmm. And from this brief minute and a half rendezvous, we can see that Juliet is at this point completely on Hassan's side. Uh, she doesn't even seem to be emotionally distraught that her father's in prison. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I think gotta wonder about her mental state at this point, huh? I don't think she likes her father. I think I think she likes that, like you know, but he has a lot of money, and she can do all these things. You think so? I think, you're made, I think I you're. Know. I think you're judging Juliet. I think you're I judging know. Juliet here. I don't. I'm, I'm just saying. It, I don't think she likes her father. Didn't in the last episode, Anne Pellegrini said that you looked up to your father so much, right? Didn't she say something like that? Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe it's just in light of everything she's learned recently. She's she does yeah. not like him. Yeah, and that Pellegrini haircut is something else. <laughs> All right. Next meeting, we have a meeting of the criminal masterminds, Leonard, Pellegrini, and a new character, the hitman Pascal. What kind of nickname is, or or name in general, is Leonard for a hitman? Like, I would not be afraid of a Leonard. Leonard. But I think Leonard is a common name in France. Yeah, but still. Remember, we're we're American. I mean, if if my name was Leonard and I was going to be a hitman, I'd go change my name. You change (laughs) your name? I wouldn't want people calling me by my real name, I'll tell you that much. Call me like 47, like, <laughs> you know, something that they're not going to pick up on, you know, like this other Pascal. Pascal's a cool name, I got to say. Yeah, that one's um, a much better name. Pascal steals this scene. Uh, he's clearly a hitman who's after Leonard's job here. He's one upping him at every turn. I really don't like people like that, to be honest, but uh, yeah, he's one upping him at every turn. Leonard, I fit at this point. I'm not a Leonard fan, but I was wearing team Leonard cap all up. All up in my house. So it was like, dude, this is the, you can't just let this man take your job like this. But see, I, I don't think I was ever wearing a, a Leonard cap because 
I Leonard, found mine. It Leonard was covered in cobwebs. Just a trash hitman. Um, he is a trash hitman, but this the rudeness in this meeting. There's just no, there's no respect here. It's just he comes in. I, I don't like that. It's not a not a good look. Not a good look. So not off to a good start with Pascal, but he clearly is the up and the front runner here uh, because he he brings in a key tip. Uh, he found out um, that the company that paid for Fabian's funeral, as we remember, Fabian was the journalist mm. who uh, who was killed by Leonard, actually. Yeah. I take my cap off. Shit. Uh, see? See? You can't be a fan of Leonard. Yeah. He kills yeah, poor old uh, women and he can't and he kill anybody children. important. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're just mad because Hassan didn't kill him and you owe me a whiskey bottle because of yeah, it. Yeah. That's the only reason you don't like just, Leonard. Yeah, yeah, that's no, <laughs> it's not the yeah. only reason. Well, well Pascal not. finds out that uh, there's a company called BTA Pharrell that paid for Fabian's funeral, which happens to be owned by none other than Benjamin. Benjamin. And if his last name is Pharrell, then total noob move on his part, because there's a common theme that emerges in this episode regarding Ben. Uh, I got to say, in, in fact, this episode should have just been titled Ben's Mistakes. Because the whole thing is just riddled with his with his mistakes. His last name um, is Pharrell, by the way. Oh god. <laughs> oh man, I can't imagine. If I was a son, I'd be so I'd be so angry. But there's just such a, a point where you're like, he's the only loyal friend I have. And so if he's gonna make these mistakes, I just have to live with them at this point. Uh Pellegrini at this point, based off of his interrogation with the police, knows that Leonard needs to be offed. So he pulls Pascal aside and you can assume that this is a moment where he's like, hey, perfect timing. You're going to go kill Leonard for me. He has some sins to atone for. Yeah. And Pellegrini, I mean, you you see another element of his character here. He's willing to kill somebody who's been working with him for like 20, 30 years, you know, probably 40 years. Yeah. And you got to wonder, we've discussed this openly before. What's Leonard's pay like to put up with all this bullshit? Like, you know. Hey, go kid, go kidnap a fifteen-year-old. Yeah, what are you paying me, boss? I'm gonna go kidnap a kid. How much money would it take for you to kidnap a kid? First and foremost, there's not enough. But for the sake of entertainment, (laughs) like it's, we gotta be, we gotta. I just, I'd never do it. (laughs) But if we were gonna, like, if I was going to do it, pay me an exorbitant amount of money, I'd talk to the kid and his parents, and I'd say, hey, I'm getting paid so much for this right now and then we'd split the cost so like 500 million you know <laughs> that's a lot you, get to, you, you guys will get 250 million dollars you know? million <laughs> i'm not gonna start low i'm gonna start at 500 <laughs> and wherever we end up there after i'm gonna say look i'm gonna kidnap your kid he's gonna be treated well ice cream food three meals a day not an issue and you guys are gonna get half the money they're gonna be t- taken care of for life the kids are gonna probably be joyful about it too you know, it's going to be like a vacation. Anyways. Away from the parents. How about you? I don't know. $10 or something. Oh my God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to go like a million. You just went 500X that. Yeah, you're cheap. You're cheap. I'm kidnapping Rockefeller's kid or something like that. It's got to be a high ransom. Anyways. Um, but no, the real answer is not enough money. And Leonard, yep. I, you can figure he ain't, he's not making more than probably 35 bucks an hour or something like that. From the looks of it, he doesn't ever change his coat. So I'm assuming he's not making that much. Uh, from the way things are going, this episode kind of shows me. I think this is the most Ben and Hassan have been over their heads on a job. 
I can't imagine an experienced thieving duo making the mistakes that were made in this episode. And Hassan didn't make any of these mistakes that I know of. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, technically some of them are his fault, but to leave your legal business name on file with a journalist who was like a recluse, a little hermit who never spoke to anybody. Mm -hmm. And you're going to leave your business as the name that paid for the funeral. Dude, you got to have like a shell companies or something that they can't trace back to you. I'm sorry, but absolutely ridiculous. You know, go talk to like a florist on the street and say, hey, I'm going to make a legal business name for you. And then those people will not even know who you are, you know? Yeah. Anyways, the poor florist. I said florist because I was I was watching Full Metal Alchemist and there's like a scene with the florist yesterday. (laughs) You wouldn't know about that. Nah. Um, meanwhile, Claire is brought in for questioning by Gadira and his partner, which really comes to nothing. I don't even understand the purpose of this scene. Uh, it's just like a pointless, it's just a pointless scene. It was just like, get, let's get Claire in some screen time here. Gadira was, and you was ha- very, very into this interrogation. It was great. Claire? She was, no, right? No, Gadira, Gadira. Oh, Gadira? Yeah, he got like really into it. He, he likes, uh, he likes Hassan a bit too much. <laughs> he loves the son like he, oh, yeah. he would take a bullet for a son for sure meanwhile we have a scene that seems to be injected into the episode purely for the sake of getting ben tailed to a son's house mm-hmm. he gets annoyed with the dog um and needs to take him to a son's house ben i don't know what's up with ben in this episode i don't know where his head is at maybe the dog's driving him so mad that he doesn't pay attention to anything i don't but think he's clear that. what do you think it is i just i just think he's not a uh not a criminal clever guy he's not right he's he's like a little he's like a businessman but he let's not forget this man just forged a master class painting well yeah i mean what does that mean he's a good artist he's he's good at working he's good at working from the shop yeah that's about it he's not he's not good on his feet no so he gets he gets tailed by the most conspicuous hitman in the history of hitman. I was Leonard. literally gonna I was literally gonna say I don't know how he did not see him. I mean yeah. the dude is like he may as well be doing jumping jacks behind him, saying, "Hey, I'm following <laughs> you." <laughs> yeah, um, still it's, see him. it's quite it's quite ridiculous. Uh, Leonard tails Ben all the way to Hassan's apartment. Um, I actually skipped some things here. You had that interrogation. Um, with Gadira and, and them after this scene. Uh, you have an important phone call between Raul and his father where he, he expresses his feelings of disappointment towards Hassan. Uh, and I think Hassan for the first moment, I think for the first moment I've seen so far, he actually realizes that his actions are having an impact on his loved ones. Yeah. What did you make of that call between Raul and Hassan? Uh, uh Good question. I mean, I, I do think it was kind of eye-opening for Hassan. Um, I mean, he, he starts off by like, oh, your mother put you up to saying that. And he's like, no, this is how I feel. It's just... Yeah, not much to... As, as much as he likes yeah. his father and Lupin, uh, I butchered the name there, but um, as much as he likes that and Sorry. likes the book and everything, he, it's just, you, you can only take it so this far in the real dead. world. Yeah, man. He just needs his dad, man. Um. Anyways, Leonard finds out where Ben, I mean, where Ben is going, which is Hassan's place. So he finds out where he lives. And hence comes my favorite scene of the episode or what starts my favorite act of the episode. You get the four top scene, the vinyl. 
Do you think they recorded the scene with music with that actual song playing? Or do you think they licensed that song after and then shot that scene of the overhead uh, vinyl being placed on the on the record player after the fact? And they were just like, hey, act like there's a song playing because the lyrics she's singing and dancing is not really in rhythm with any of the thing. I was going to say that's a good question, but at the uh, most of the time you film that without audio. Yeah. Also. If anybody's seen the uh, Untouchables with uh, with um, Omar Sai, with Omar, yeah, yeah, with Omar Sai, Sai, uh, he's a hell of a dancer. So if you're gonna have a scene like this and you know what the song is gonna be, you gotta have this man dancing in the kitchen or something like that. But the tone of this scene is different uh, because Leonard just opens the door. Another thing: why is Asan leaving his doors unlocked? For God's sake. I just another make great sense question. Me. Yeah, I mean the, but, uh, the door at the bottom. You know, it was like, wasn't it one of those pads where you dial the the room you want to go to and like, hey, come in. Yeah. So he's got yeah. a little bit of security there. So it's like, eh, it's not too a little bit. Far but but Ben has his peripheral vision is zero, so Leonard was able to slip by him in a matter of like half a second. As moment yeah, he walked like, out the door, he walked in. Yeah, you know, they, they almost like made eye contact or something. I mean, Leonard made. Yeah. Uh, visually knew it was Ben because he looked back. Yeah. You know, this scene, it doesn't even look like he lives in an apartment complex. It looks like he lives more like in like some historical complex that's Mm -hmm. been repurposed. But um, he's got a big place too. Like it looks massive. massive. I need the story behind how Asan moved into this place. Um, I'm moving on here. Sorry, I yawned in the middle of that. You have a Pascal sneaks up behind Leonard as Leonard's planning to kill Asan here. He's putting um, on the silencer. Which, yeah, he's putting on the silencer there. Would you wonder if this would have just been better for Pellegrini if he just killed Asan rather than killing Leonard here? Or let Leonard kill Asan and then have Pascal kill Leonard? You know? There's <clears> so <throat> many opportunities in this entire season where it could just it could just be over. Just kill the kid. <laughs> Or the whole family, wow. or just kill kill Hassan. I mean, you, you're going as far as kidnapping him, and then you let him go again. It, yeah. it just it makes no sense, you know. Yeah, keep the family. I got and you. Just just deal with him directly. But yeah, it's you. like they're playing cat and mouse and trying to constantly involve the the police all the time. You know, when this scene first started, I thought Hassan knew Leonard was in the house because Hassan's never taken off guard. Yeah, but you quickly you quickly kind of realize that he doesn't know, uh, in which case you see Pascal sneak up behind Leonard who, and chokes him to death with a garrote. I think I think it's called a garrote. Chokes sure him to death. Um, and um, once again, another man enters through the unlocked doors of Hassan's apartment. <laughs> you know, you would think Hassan being a computer hacker of sorts would have like some sort of notification. Someone at your front door. A, cam- Something like a that. camera, motion detector, an alarm system, at least a Something. lock. I mean, forget about being a criminal. If I had mm-hmm. that much, like, I don't even know what you call it, memorabilia for or whatever from, you know, my favorite book series, don't you think I would put that behind, like, lock and key? Yeah, But it's, it's just all open. It's like walking into a museum of Lupin. Yeah. Well, you have Pascal uh, finishes the job, leaves Leonard's dead body, takes the gun that's registered to uh, incriminating places that could tie to Pellegrini for mm-hmm. some reason. And he reports the death to the police. 
so that they rush Hassan's place and seemingly scapegoat Hassan the same way they did to his father. Um, but this time with a worse crime. Um, Murder. <clears throat> something happens here where Pascal texts Pellegrini. I just have a nitpick with how close Pellegrini is to the crime. There's got to be like seven layers of separation here, pal. Has he to always plays it really close. Yeah. Anyways, the cops are on their way to Assange. Esther, he finds Leonard's dead body. He starts to hear the sirens. And there's a look on his face as he looks around. I don't know if you caught this, but it was just kind of like... He's scheming. I thought less scheming and more like, wow, I'm really going to miss this hideout. Because <laughs> like, if you really think about it, it's like, I got a lot of work put into this place. Oh, yeah. And uh, this dog is the reason for a lot of the mischief in this episode. It is. You know, and he's I hate the, the dog. It's not a likable dog. dog. I think it's, it's not a likable dog. It's adorable, what are you talking about? What Jacuse? are you talking about? Chakus? That's, That's like a, a little purse dog, dog man. It's a cute dog, bro. It is. I don't know what what's your up up your alley. I mean, you just admitted to kidnapping a kid for ten bucks, but you know <laughs> that was a I joke. Don't know. <laughs> 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 Anyways, at this point, Hassan is the most wanted man in Paris after escaping his apartment and supposedly killing uh, someone. And at this point, the most my least favorite character, uh, the commissioner, he has, seems to have zero redemptive qualities to him at this point no. in his life. Tells Logier that the evidence should be limited. Um, Asan calls Ben. I don't understand why Asan waited like four hours to call Ben to tell him to get out. Uh, if I was the hitman at that point, I probably would have visited Ben's shop earlier. Yeah, immediately uh, after. I wouldn't have been waiting outside. But anyways, he calls Ben, tells him, hey, get out. And um, once again, Ben is being tailed. But at this point, at this point, Asan knows that Ben is being tailed by somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Pascal following him now. And uh, I can't stress enough Ben's mistakes in this episode. They have a, a moment where Asan is coaching Ben through what to do to escape from Pascal. Mm-hmm. And he eventually stops him on the bus, in which Pascal doesn't really make a good attempt here to stop Ben. I would have been blocking the door. I would have seen that move coming from a mile away if I was Pascal. Well, I feel like that bus had, <clears throat> had two doors. One up front, one yeah. in the back. So he, he got in the front, the front and front. walked towards the back. Or he could have just said, bus driver, stop. I got off, you know, just stop. Yeah. Yeah, literally. But, I mean, he could have just reopened the doors again, but nope, just drove off. I mean, maybe he was just trying to not be suspicious or something, but. But the, but the show must go on. The show must yeah. go on. And so this, this whole the coaching, must stay on the bus. <laughs> the whole coaching Ben through this thing had some had some Taken vibes to it to me. Did it? What scene? I don't, I don't quite remember the scene in Taken that's like that. Uh, it was, oh, I with think the daughter? It was the first one. Yeah, with the daughter when, when uh, you know, he's like, get under the bed. Okay, they're going to take you. You have to remember. I will you find you. Anything you remember. And I will kill you. I got to rewatch that movie. <laughs> it's uh, good. Also takes place in France, right? Uh, yeah, actually, I think it does. Mm. Ooh, maybe Leonard was oh. part of that. <laughs> he would have found him he would have found him at the airport if that's the case he would have been there maybe, with the maybe Leonard that kidnapped your daughter maybe Leonard was the guy at the airport that jumped off <laughs> yeah himself. maybe 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 I am kind of um, curious to see who who we, that was Asan and Ben escape seemingly to disappear and we get a flashback to young Ben and Asan visiting the catacombs of Paris in which they borrow a hidden tunnel map from the ticket receptionist. Back at the station, Kadira is distraught, thinking that the guy he's been helping is a murderer. He can't believe it. And uh, to be honest, I don't blame him. 
Because at this point, everything you've, he's learned from Hassan, nothing shows him that he's shady. You know, yeah, he has, you know, questionable uh, morals when it comes to stealing things, but he's a good guy. Meanwhile, Hassan and Ben head to the coolest storage unit I've ever seen. I need one of these in my life. Yeah, dude, seriously. Like, how does this guy have so much stuff? I mean, I know he steals it, but dang. Well, I want to know items. how many hideouts does he have? Because as a thief, you need to have... Not a thief. There's a difference between a thief and a gentleman burglar or a gentleman thief. Uh, yeah. That a way. gentleman thief has hideouts and all these different things. You know, they don't steal from good people. You know, they... There's a code of ethics here. There's a code. A regular thief doesn't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the police raid Ben's shop. At this point, we go back and another mistake occurs here. Uh, ben has a note, seemingly, that leads them directly to the container that they're at. Uh, <sighs> Which, again, that one, I don't even I don't even understand how or why you would have that there. Yeah, and, I got to say why they would find it so quickly. Well, it's, he had it in his main desk drawer. It's in his main desk drawer. I mean, look, I'm, we're going to circle back on this, uh, but it, this episode should have been called Ben's Mistakes. We got like five solid mistakes from Ben in this episode. They just got a lot of holes to fill as, as a Thief team. And I got to say, in future seasons, they got to add more members to the team because Ben needs to be psychologically assessed after this season, uh, <laughs> at least after this episode's performance. But, you know, I told you earlier, Hassan, somebody like him needs loyalty and stability in his life. And uh, you need that contrast where you see the completely different reactions. When when everything's falling apart for Hassan, he's cool and collected. When, mm-hmm. when it's Ben, he just freaks out. Yeah. And it's just great. All you need time. that contrast. I will uh, say, though, that all the way up until, well, assuming uh, all the way up until, you know, the last season and and this season, once everything started to, uh, well, have Pellegrini involved with the storyline, I feel like most of what Asan and Benjamin had done were was really just like fun and games. Like there was nothing ever really serious, so there was no need to have Benjamin be some super intelligent uh, uh, assistant or, or whatever you want to call him asset that's just you know oh yeah i have everything everything is locked every every bit of data is secure and all of this stuff i don't i don't think that was ever needed agreed yeah i, I don't think that they've ever been over this over their heads in uh in a situation like this it seems like Hassan was prepared for it but uh ben was not i don't know if ben signed up for this i don't think so <laughs> You have this uh, moment in which they set up a scene with Raul on his bed reading. And the doctor has his first douche moment where he says, aren't you a bit old for that stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to love an adult who says that to a kid. Like, just what is it no. to you, pal? No, I'm not too old for this. <laughs> You're not my dad. <laughs> Anyways, he tells, you know, he's like, hey, well, what are you reading, pal? He said, you know, he tells him a whole little synopsis of the blonde lady. I think it was. And you get yeah. this montage. I really do love these montages of where Hassan is escaping or you're seeing the brilliance of Hassan mm-hmm. and uh, someone else is giving a, a voiceover monologue of how he's always a step ahead. It's happened a couple times in the show so far, but I always yeah. love those. It's, Super it's epic. A, it's a common pattern, but it's great. Yeah, because when, when the cops get to the container, they find that they've escaped because, of course, Hassan is a step ahead. And I, the th- I think the scene, the scene stealer of the episode was that underground staircase leading out of the cargo container. I need mm-hmm. to know more about this staircase. I need to know 
if Hassan constructed it, I need to know the amount of time it took, the money it took, the team. Because if he has a team that made that tunnel, that tunnel goes straight to the catacombs. First and foremost, yeah. I would be devastated if I was Hassan that I lost that. You know, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of investment for a one-off, you know, escape. One-time escape, yeah. I don't think yeah. that he built that there. I think that was already there. You but think? that kind of leads me to the question of, why was that just leading into a storage container? Like, like if you knew that and you weren't a son, I feel like a lot of people would be terrified of that. Like, I'm not going. There's like, you know, yeah, zombies walking out there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be concerned about the zombies. I was just, but. I was just joking about the zombies. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just got this. It's early, man. I'm, you can't hit me with hell. these. Yeah. <laughs> Taking everything literal at this time of the day. Uh, yeah, it's like a pit to hell. You don't, you're not, it's like the Leonard, it's the Leonard scenario. Am I being paid enough to go down this dark staircase? In France, are they even allowed to carry guns? The regular police? I don't know. Is that London that, they, that you're not allowed? But I think, anyways, um, anyways, I don't just, he seemingly killed somebody and now we're going to go follow him down this staircase. He could be just waiting at the end of it. Um, the cops chase us on through the catacombs. This is another cool scene. You get the cat versus mouse. Scene. I, I really do like the back like and forth flashbacks one. between young Asan and Ben and then old Asan and Ben go following their steps. Mm-hmm. And uh, they eventually get to this very tight looking escape uh, ladder tube uh, yeah. that I don't think Asan could fit through based on that camera angle. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know if I just fit through it either, to be honest, but like it's just tight. It's a tight fit for a dude who's yeah. like 6'5, 220. It looks know? like a manhole, though. I mean, that's not that's not too small. For small people, well, like for, I mean, com- for for the commissioner who's like a little little guy, you know, he he could fit through there fine. He could definitely but, fit through. Benjamin could definitely fit through, but I don't know. I don't think I don't think Asan was too big to fit through that. Yeah, you know, the commissioner kind of looks like Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's that mustache. Right. I wonder how many but escape options Asan. <laughs> yeah, he has a mustache. That's what I thought. I wonder how many escape options Asan has up his sleeve. I guess it just. He has escape options for different parts of the city he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, this exit leads to a courtyard, and it made me wonder, like, why has nobody sealed this off or, or just kind of another, seen where this Another leads? great question. Why is there an open hole to the catacombs that's not been sealed off? Yeah. And then, that, you know, that anybody could just lift up and go down into it. And go and down. You're literally there's no lock on it. Un- there's, not even, there's not even a lock on no, it. No, there's no lock, and it, and it takes you to a part of the catacombs that hasn't really been explored or deemed safe at least so between that and the whole staircase Some would have been screwed Some would have been screwed unless in the hours that he didn't call ben he went to the courtyard clipped the lock off and then came back that's incredible though um asan and ben kept the map that they took from that lady all these years yeah and uh that just made me wonder like at what point did they find the tunnel in the cargo container because that plan needed to come together with not just discovering that route in the catacombs but also having a connection to the route in which that was the cargo container situation well, maybe the map showed them you know where it went i'm figuring Asan lost millions of dollars in this uh in this whole escapade in this episode i wouldn't based be on everything he owns and ben too i would not be surprised they lost everything i gotta say ben is a good friend so even though it's ben's mistakes i think it should be like ben's been the friend you know just yeah a different type of thing because he lost everything and he was in a very good mood about it you know i don't yeah, know if i chill about the whole thing 
I don't know if I know anybody who would be super chill, that chill, if I did that to their lives. No, hey, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna lose everything. Uh, you would be you furious. Can't live here either. Me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, they finally return the map. It kind of comes full circle and they give it back to the receptionist who's working the same job after like 40 years. And uh, they include a, a little diamond in it. So she gets her little redemption and that, that's a, a sweet cake. little uh, yeah. cherry on top for her story. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, speaking, back this, speaking of her though, uh, the one thing I was going to ask, do you think they took an old person and made her look young or took a young person and made her look old? A young person and made her look old. Same. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, back at the station, Gadira gets a lamp. And um, oh, I completely skipped over that. Um, Gadira goes on to this website and uh, he finds a comment left from Hassan mm-hmm. that says Ganimad. And he decodes what the message is to find out that he's telling him to go look in the, in the, the menorah that he has. Yeah, which I don't so, really understand the whole decoding of the message. It's probably just because I don't understand the language and the way the letters are written. But I didn't look too deeply confusing. into that. I didn't look into that deeply at all. I did find it interesting that Hassan would assume that Kadira would look at that exact article's comment section and yeah. leave a note there. But um, there's a lot of things, you know, in this episode that you kind of just have to go with the ride. Kadira gets the lamp. That's supposedly shut off from people being able to see it. And he finds the USB. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially um, the most important thing of the episode, because on that USB is all of the evidence against Pellegrini and the commissioner. And we mean, Um, do you get this scene at the end where you have uh, the commissioner goes to uh, Pellegrini's house and tells him, hey, we dropped all the charges against you. And he really cautions him. He's like, I need you to be careful, pal. You're you're being a real loose cannon out here. Mm-hmm. But uh Pellegrini is not learning his lesson. He's way too confident. He's talking to a room full of people. We've yet to really figure out who the hell Philippe is, the young kid who's yeah. doing the, all the money laundering. And um he's just spilling the beans to everybody. So life lesson, never count your chickens before they hatch. Criminal mastermind lesson number two. <laughs> the ending scene shows Asan and Ben sitting on a very um public bridge mm-hmm. after he is currently the most wanted man in, in paris and he just doesn't care ever. yeah they set us up but you know what the the greatest disguise is to be hidden in plain sight right yeah so nobody's gonna assume the most wanted man in paris is just sitting on the ledge you know they'll just be questioning themselves the whole time why do <laughs> i think it's him uh asan says the concert will be their last show and the end of Pellegrini, which leads us to the final episode. So we know the showdown's coming down in this charity concert. And Juliet's just a big old pawn in this whole thing, isn't she? She's just a big yeah, old she pawn. Has. Last episode in this episode. Yeah, I gotta say. Uh, favorite scene for you? I know we're cutting it closer on time. You got any favorite scenes, takeaways, and predictions? Because you're the one who hasn't seen the final episode. So I you you give us what you think. I really liked the uh I really liked the whole catacombs. Scene, just the whole back and forth between them as a kid and and now like current time running through there it was fun. Uh, plus the catacombs are pretty cool. I'd, I'd love to go visit that at some point. Um, as far as memorable character, I would I would say Ganimard in this one, Gadira, just yeah. because he's he's like a little like a like a kid in a candy shop. It was just it was kind of funny. 
Yeah, um, it was funny to see him like he, with the top hat. And the, he yeah. does find the most important bit of information in this entire episode. If it yeah. wasn't for that, we I don't think we'd have a fifth episode. I don't like there wouldn't really be anything to to do at the end of it, at least. I'll um, say my favorite scene was the four tops cookie cooking scene okay. and the the escape montage. Pretty much like the whole escape thing was was awesome. Um, I gotta buy that. Yeah, I've gotta get that vinyl like ASAP. Yeah, I'm gonna and, look for it online later. Yeah, what's the price on that? Let, let's plug it. Let's plug I'll, the. I'll look. I'll look. We'll, we'll put a link if we find it. Right, we'll put a link to the four tops. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, my most memorable character. I'm going out of left field. I'm taking the stressed accountant, or what seems to be a stressed worker of sorts. Luca. He's he's the most memorable character of the episode. <laughs> that guy. I mean, you're talking. He had a minute of screen time. Mm-hmm. Uh, memorable. I've never seen someone look that stressed. Like the, he is the picture of stress, and he owned it. So right. he's getting he's getting a, a huge role soon. I I can't. I'll put money on it. I'll put money on it. I don't even know his name. Let's let's find out right now. That'll be the last thing I look up. We're gonna see what he's working on. While you're while you're looking that up, uh, you know there there wasn't really anything in this episode that was just like wow, that's such a hole. Like it it's. It ruins the show for me. Not that anything's mm-hmm. ever really ruined the show, but there was nothing that serious. It's like, eh, yeah, okay, I'll buy it. Um, but the lady that that gives a young Asan and Ben this map, she she's got to be like really dumb or like really gullible. Like, <laughs> you really think these two kids are not going to go where you told them to not go? Mm-hmm when nobody's going to know that they went there. Yeah, I I do agree with you on that. Do agree with you. Yeah. Oh. I was I was wrong. What? I can't unless he's such an unknown actor. Maybe. He he will get his break. I will bring up um cuz I looked it up. I was curious um when I was watching the episode. So remember when the necklace was stolen the first time? Yeah. And uh Pellegrini had taken out an insurance policy on it. He got paid uh, 118 million francs or francs, yeah. whatever, however you pronounce it. That is 130 million US dollars. Little, little more. Mm-hmm. So just, just so we know how much money he made from, from that last. Uh, and didn't he sell feeling? it for 300 million, supposedly? Uh, maybe. At the, at the auction in the first episode of, of Lupin. I can't remember how much uh, Asan. The, the detective it. says it. He says, and you may triple that in selling it again or something like that. It may have been. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. We are. Um, you have any predictions for the final episode before we log off here? I predict Pellegrini's going down. Oh, and hopefully, hopefully an Asan does him in. You need Asan to kill him. That's what you're saying publicly i mean it would it would be lovely (laughs) buffalo trace i want a bottle of it after (laughs) the next episode i want i want it in the cart in the moment the episode ends if there's no killing i want that bottle All we'll right. see. we'll see thank you guys for tuning in uh i do think everything has really nicely summed up here uh to this final concert moment and uh we're looking forward to detailing it and 
reviewing the episode on the next episode of Starry yeah. Archives. Absolutely. That can you plug us on our way out? For sure. So you can visit our website at storyarchives.themidnightexchange.com. Uh, you can find the podcast on, well, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Uh, and then you can also visit uh, themidnightexchange.com, which is our podcast network. Uh, and you can follow uh, that channel on Instagram at The Midnight Exchange, Facebook at The Midnight Exchange, Twitter at T-H-E-M-E Podcast. And then again, you can you can find that podcast in, in all of the same places. That's uh, that'll about do it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. All right. Let's go buy these vinyls. All right, <laughs> sure. ladies and gents, have a good one. Have a good one. <laughs>